Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 36. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hi. Hi. Yeah. In case, in case you forgot we were gone, we do two a week. So. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we, <laughs> we're still apologizing. We set quite a precedent, but yeah, as it turns out, like 18 weeks and we just sort of like missed one and a half. So there we go. Anyway, we're getting right into it. How about we start with beer per... Yes. I'm going to review the Deschutes Summer Twilight Ale. Uh, yes. Burger will as well but yep. you can't confirm or deny that now can you nope um it's a gray right. area let's pop this bad boy open right. sounds delicious yeah, of course it sounds delicious this is the shoots <laughs> how could i be so stupid Ooh, my god that's good mm. that's really 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 good um oh, yeah i'm gonna taste mine here in a second yeah it's almost kind of like a sour but not quite Ooh, oh, it's got such a a smooth, full-bodied taste to it, but none of that shitty IBU, IPA crap. Yeah, it's, it doesn't like kicking the mouth oh, with salt like a sour does. That's really good. It, it's really citrusy. Mm-hmm. It's really good. That's a good. That's a really good summer ale. So, yeah. It has the taste of an IPA with none of the bite. Yeah, exactly. It's what cit- the hell? citrusy and just Why delicious. Why are all of them not like this? Yeah, this is what every beer should be. The <sighs> Deschutes Twilight <sighs> Summer Ale. It's Go really, drink it really right good. now. That's super, super good. Wow. Okay. Um, so this episode... <clears throat> yeah. Um, We're going to uh, start off with kind yeah. of a, an, uh, a really have, big topic. We've got basically <laughs> two really big topics. The smallest amount of news, World Cup of Cars, and no yeah. interest in engineering. I'll probably find something in, in the run <laughs> that we can just talk We're about really good at tangents, so I'm sure we'll find something. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, but the first uh, first topic is a big one. I've actually been shoving this back episode to episode because I knew it was going to take some time. But yes, it's our personal vehicular histories. Oh, my God. So... I should probably have you at least start on yeah, this. Yeah, because I'm... Because I got to pull up my list. I'm in, like, the mid-20s, I think. Should I start since I have the smallest list? I guess sure. Janet yeah, technically Janet Okay, uh, so my first car is a 2006 Toyota Sienna LE. I got it from my mom. It's been in the family since 2006. I've had it since 2013. And it's been to a Waffle House once. Yes, uh. it's been to a Waffle House. <laughs> it's been, unfortunately, it's been to Kansas City twice. Uh, yeah. It's more times um, than I ever want to be. Yeah, it, it lost its bumper in South Dakota once during a really bad rainstorm in the middle of April. So that was fun. Uh, but, you know, it, we, we glued on another one. That's, like, it's that's like your archaeology mobile. Yeah, it is an archaeology mobile. It helps me move uh, students and ground penetrating radar, which is Ooh, fun. Sounds kinky. And then I have two accords. Ron. Oh, God. Uh, Ron <laughs> and Manuel. Uh, Ron is a 1988 Honda Accord coupe in the color beige. With a very very bad automatic transmission. We were well, talking about that last yeah, episode. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about that on Saturday's episode, and <laughs> we actually ended on it and started on this episode. Something with the about same a car. dying family pet, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, yep. So and we have the new pup as well, yeah, which the, is Manuel. The new pup is Manuel. He's a 1989 Manual Accord Coupe, in also in the color beige. Ooh. The like identical car, basically. Just it's um just a. 
higher model. Like, yeah, it's like a better is it an EX? It Ron was the lowest trim level you could get, which is DX automatic, wow. like the least desirable one. But it was a coupe, which is cool, and it's got flip up headlights, which is yeah. by default awesome. Um, but Manuel is a EXI, which is fuel Ooh. injected. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to take a hike. Uh, <laughs> fuck fuel injection. Who needs that in an 80s Accord? No, it's more more the PCV system that makes it have to take a hike because that A-series engine is just a disaster. Yep. And uh, plus, you, you kind of like the quirkiness of the, oh yeah, of the carburetor. I love, I love the carburetor on Ron. Are you going to carb swap the uh, Manuel? Oh, yes. There's a Manuel's company in South hurt. Africa called Oh, Roland yeah, we were talking about Carburetors yep. that do yep. carburetor and, um, uh, kits. You know, even though that Ron is, you know, the decrepit old man, Manuel is going to be on his third engine. He's got over 500,000 miles on him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's shocking how many miles are on and how good of condition it is. <laughs> yep. Well, I, the thing is, I think what really killed Ron, though, not the transmission, but the body is just Oh, yeah, gone. There's, uh, there's several holes in the floorboards. And oh, but the thing is, some, somebody did a restoration at some sounds. point. On, both these cars have been restored. Oh, yeah. At some point in history, and then Seems just odd. it is just the weirdest thing. I yeah, have no the, idea who did it. It was just the first one we were like, um, "Why was this done?" And the second one is like, "Wait again." The <laughs> reason I was sold Manuel was because I showed the owner Ron and how much I loved him because the person he bought it from yeah loved the car so much, but unfortunately died before you know being able to restore it. Sure. So he was like, "You know what? I could sell this to this guy for like." A couple hundred dollars more, or I could sell it to you, who I know who's going to take care of I've it. I've had that happen yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, and so that's how I got it. And it's you seem like a better sp- steward of the car than the other exactly. guy. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, you know, you can't give us as much as we want for it, but I know you're going to take care of it. And I occasionally send him pictures of the car, and nice. like it's still running. <laughs> With the car, though, it's actually kind of um, kind of interesting, though. It's it sounds third engine, yeah, but. The the paint on it like was never done very well, so it's okay. kind of like matte and like it, okay. Like if you look at both of them from mean. afar, yeah. Like, Ron looks better. Ron than looks Matt better from Ron. afar, but then you get up to it and then you're like, oh, Ron is literally made out of Bondo. Like yeah. there's not a panel on that car; it's not covered with like a centimeter of Bondo. It's very light. I'm very. Weird. Con- I'm super confused. Maybe Honda. I'm super confused. Like why somebody would ever. Well, you put an ounce of Bondo onto one of those cars because it's just not worth it. Like, you can just go buy another one for nothing. That's really yeah. weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the uh, Manuel, we're, I've got a, a B-series engine to put into the Civic. They happen to swap into those, and we're going to make that really cool once yeah. the second I get the I think a B-series and an Olegate Accord is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it came with a 100 horsepower and 120 pound-feet of torque, and now it's going to have 140 pound-feet of torque and 180 horsepower. Wow. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's yeah. A substantial and way more reliable. <laughs> um, Everybody yeah, like thinks it's a prelude. Well, I mean, it'll be carbureted, but yeah, but it, not, it will be carbureted for sure. Pop up headlamps. Yeah, I, I think that I think the best part about the Accord is it does everything that a Civic does, but it's just like it's like four inches wider. Oh yeah. It just gives you elbow room. It doesn't weigh much. It weighs like 150 pounds more. It's not bad. Yeah, it's like totally doable. It's got pop-up headlights and a way lower drag coefficient. And, you know, it only has two doors, so when I'm babysitting, I don't have to worry about the kid, like, just hopping out, you know. Tucking and rolling on the car. Oh, okay. And it's got pop-out back windows. Yeah. Which which is, by default, amazing. You can't throw toys out of, so it's it's very... (laughs) Yeah, it's very very well designed for babysitters. Um, All right, I'm going to go through mine. (laughs) Mine's not going to take that long. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) 
I concede. I'm, I just updated my list, so I'm ready. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so I'm, I was just stalling. I'm, I'm just gonna no, <laughs> knock mine out just okay. out really quick. First car, uh, 91 Honda Accord. Oh yeah. Um, LX Tremolo Automatic, uh, named Boris Yeltsin. Uh, or so yeah, it was 92. I'm sorry, yep. what is wrong with me? Because I, I, I replaced that with a parts car for, that was a 91. Because I wanted the 91 headlights, because the 91 headlights look way better. Hmm. Um, then I got a I got a winter beater, which was a 90 Accord. Okay. So I've owned every year of the CB generation except for 93. So if anybody wants to help me ma- complete the tri- the all four years, I can I can do that for very little money. Um, I think that would be a Superfecta potentially. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and then I had my 86 Celica Supra. Um, had that for a little bit. Then I had a 91 Buickless Saber, which is horrible, but I need, I got it for like a hundred bucks basically or 300 bucks or something. I can't remember as a kid, but both my cars had broken out at the same time. I needed a way to get to work. Somebody just traded one in. I blew it up in a weekend and, uh, went back to daily driving the Accord for a little bit. Um, after I fixed it and then really blew it up, <laughs> um, scattered. The car that came in after that was my 91 Honda Civic, which was um, Mako-chan. Is that the teal one? My teal one. Okay. Yeah, I named it after Sailor Jupiter. I just don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, my life um, was better before I knew most of the things about you. But uh, that's had a series of interesting and questionable engine swaps. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably the most entertaining one was the one that was cobbled together from random uh, D series parts and made more power than the original engine, even though it was non VTEC and a tenth of a liter smaller. Hmm. The way higher compression and a higher rev limiter. Is that a D15? It was it was a D15 Z1 bottom end with uh, ZC pistons, which came from uh, basically the Japanese high compression version of okay. the 86 Integra engine, the original oh, Integra interesting. engine. Interesting. Okay. Um, D sixteen Y seven cylinder head, which was the smaller combustion chamber, better flowing version of the best non VTEC cylinder head you can get. Um, D sixteen A six intake manifold, which is the best flowing uh, manifold except for the Y eight. But when you have a Y eight, you start to run into issues uh, because the manifold's so large. Um, oh okay. And then uh, I can't remember what I, I can't remember what exhaust manifold it had, on, but it had some. I want to say it was a Z6 exhaust manifold that had been ported out. Like, I don't know. It is a thing that you would do back in the 90s before you could regularly find, like, headers hmm. for them where people would take the cast oh, iron manifolds and they'd polish the insides. And oh, extrude out. honing. Yeah, extrude honing. But it, it was a really weird manifold. I got it off of a parts car from a friend of mine. Hmm. He got he picked up this Civic he found in a barn and parted it out. And That's, that had a, had a bunch of really cool stuff. The car's... <laughs> The car was actually probably a sick car in like nine, no, like nineteen ninety nine when it was built, but um, <laughs> it, it just had a bunch of like weird old school parts on it. Sure. Um, yeah. So after that, uh, yeah. So I had the Civic. Then I had my AW eleven MR two, mm-hmm. which is my one of the best cars I've ever had. That's really sweet. Yeah, that car is really cool. I bought it for five hundred bucks, and Incredible. I was uh, using it as a daily driver, and I traded it for eighty six Subaru GL ten. Financially, probably the best trade, but it got me my girlfriend because she really liked the car. So I guess that, <laughs> Jenna perked up. <laughs> that that, that, that kind of—I'll count that as a profit. There you go. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Then after the Subaru, I got a 
uh, my CRX for a daily driver that I daily drove yep, for that a thing while. Was super cool. I love that thing. I owned a 96 Honda Civic, uh, they named Stephen Hawking that had oh, been in a front end collision. <laughs> um, you helped us tow. Yeah, it was the one that you helped me tow. Oh, that wow. red one. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So I had that one. I named it Stephen Hawking. I named my parts cars. Wow. I could go through the names of all my cars. God, I used well. my trailer so much. <laughs> we did. I'm glad I sold that thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, if you're wondering what the chords names were, it was uh, the Warbringer, which is a matte black one, and the green one was named Eeyore because had a picture of Eeyore on it. But um, yeah. So then, I, after I had the uh, great, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that. So in case you, were I can wondering, sleep tonight. Thank yeah, you. you That's going to be great. Uh, then I had my uh, yeah. I also owned an '86. Honda Accord mm-hmm. as well. I bought that for $150 in a subwoofer I found in a dumpster. Um, <laughs> this actually happened before I owned the MR2. Actually, about the same time I owned the MR2. But uh, I put an exhaust in Your that. Your list needs some work, man. I've got the age I bought the cars at in mind. I'm going off of memory. Okay. Uh, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, but with that Accord, I put an exhaust on it, and I sold it for $1,500. Nice. So I had... All of three hundred dollars into the car, so that's come up. Um, I like making that kind of absurd profit percentage. It's just fantastic. It's really great. I did that on one of the cars. I did that actually. I put that on my job resume when I uh, started selling cars. I'm like, yeah, I bought a car for like nothing. I'm I'm really good at selling things, and it's true. Yeah, you are. Yeah, because every single. Like, I, I never sold the new cars. I always sold the weird well, old shitty you, cars. You're very direct. You make eye contact, and you're very, very, like, excited about it. Yeah, I get it. I get Some people it. get excited with you. Like, you know what? Maybe I do need a new Subaru today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you exactly totally how he got, he, he got a lot of customers by just being like, hey, you need this. And they're like, You yeah. really need this. You make a persuasive argument, have salesperson. You ever seen, have you ever seen me at a car show where I'm hawking my Japanese nostalgia car stickers? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, I hustle them. I, I get the <laughs> fuck away from you at most car shows. <laughs> show is not shores. No, I, I, it's. I mean, a lot of people want them. It's just like that's the one place that they can find me. Uh, I still have more. Okay. Um, no, you're good. So Keep then going. I got the I got my ninety Toyota Cressida. Yep. And which is almost back on the road. It was on the road for two seconds, mm. and then I found out that the transmission cooler lines had been folded over and are just hemorrhaging um, transmission fluid. So I had to pull that right back into the driveway. So. Oh. Thank God I've got the original transmission and cooler lines, but they're just kind of paying the dick to put on. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. I don't know why I didn't just like look at that. Can oh, you get well. some like AN adapters and just like put an aftermarket cooler on there or something? It might be easier. That's probably what I'm going to do. But no, the thing is, it's the hardened lines that go from the transmission along the engine. Yeah. And it'd just be easier. What, uh, what is it uh, on the side of the trans? What is it like O-ring pressure fittings or like what is it? Is it it's like No, it's actually bolted on. It's, you know, Toyota bolts on their uh, O2 sensors. I use the two 10 mils on each side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. So it's not going to be hard to get off, Fine. but I mean, yeah, it's... That's a bummer. It, it's the, the only pain in the ass is that like it's just long-ass line that goes from like basically the center of the car to the front. So that sucks a little bit. I guess I could... I could cry about it because I could have like much worse issues like needing an ECU and a wiring harness for an 86 Subaru that nobody's ever heard of. Weird. Oh. Like, I feel like you might also have that problem. Yeah, I do have that problem. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's you why should carburet it. Yeah, that's the plan. I know. Because yep. I'm just super over it. Um, wow, it's like I've convinced him to carve all of his cars or something. Weird. Yeah, weird. it's weird. But uh, no, then my daily driver, my 2007 Mazda 5. Oh, shit, yeah. I feel like there's something in there. Manual. Are you like, forgetting the, the Volkswagen we bought? Oh, shit. I knew I had a German car in there. Yeah, I owned a 1986 Volkswagen GLI. 
We sold it. I remember that. Yeah, I you, actually, you owned it for like a day. No, I owned it for a while. I just, oh, I, I wanted to own it for a while, actually longer. It's just Euroworks is coming up. I needed to move Didn't the car. Didn't you get that from Nikki? No, 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 I got that from my friend Sebastian. You're, oh, okay. you're thinking of uh, his no, that, other that's cousin's the, car that yeah. we, my we Jill- didn't own. We yeah. just took is that the Chicago of? one? Yeah, the yeah. Chicago okay. one. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. That, was, that was my cousin. That was, that was Clint, and I took oh, over that car while he was in. Like, I actually, like, I, I, I talk a lot of shit about Volkswagen. Me too. Mark twos, I actually like, like, a lot. It's Except just that. they try to kill me. The thing is, is, like. Every single time I think about getting one, I go, God, but Honda just does all this so much more reliably. <laughs> That's why I buy BMWs. Yeah, like, I, I want... There's so many good cars out there. I'm just like, oh, but yeah, but I can also get this. Like, my 86 GLI was really cool until I had the door latch problem and the, cl- and the throttle cable problem. I thought it was a clutch cable. No, it's throttle cable. Really? What would happen is if you go full throttle, the throttle cable will pop itself off of the throttle pedal. Oh, I had that happen on my red M3 when I bought it. And the door in latch, Houston. the door, the door latch failed, and the door swung open while I was on a cloverleaf trying to reconnect my throttle cable underneath the car. Tried, How'd that work? It literally tried to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, so, none of the seatbelts worked on. Blood speed did that. Oh, oh yes, and actually at that same time, the seatbelt was also locked up, so I was not wearing a seatbelt. The door was open, <laughs> and I was like underneath the car, like it, it was bad. Yeah, and then when we took out his. Uh, his boss's uh, Volkswagen Rabbit, the seatbelt also didn't work for me. It's a and really common like, problem uh, on the seatbelts. I the, don't. There's this little. There's one thing I would like confidently working in a vehicle. It exactly. would be a seatbelt. So this this is the thing with my CRX. The seatbelt did fail. But we took but it into the Honda dealership. has a lifetime power or a lifetime warranty on seatbelts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Any car ever that they've ever made oh, that have a lifetime that's warranty. Smart. I mean, it's a safety item. But Volkswagen doesn't. So that's why I never fixed that seatbelt. I just took the cover off and got a screwdriver and would pop the screwdriver into the seatbelt whenever it began to act up. Um, that sounds so sketchy. It was super it's sketchy. So safe. That's kind of why I sold the car. Uh, also, another good come up. Uh, bought that car for 500 bucks and sold it for 3000 Hell yeah. Um, Allegedly. No, no. I'm just being straight up. Yeah. Okay, cool. Three grand. Um, my friend Sebastian, I... He uh, bought the car, but then his girlfriend at the time hated the concept of him having that he got hated the concept of him having a fun car, so he got rid of it. I don't know; it doesn't make sense to me, but okay. It sounds anyway, like you have some dumb people in your life. Eh, yeah, it was it was a bad decision on his end. Rose colored yeah, glasses, but um, I I to be I, I'm being a good guy. I split the profit with him. I didn't have to, but I chose to. So I just threw fifteen hundred bucks this way, or I, I threw a thousand bucks this way. Because I here had $500 from me buying the car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- that was another car that I had. I'm sure there's more in there, but I'm going to let you continue. Yeah, I mean, mine's... Yours reads like a book. It is. So you just want to start books. listing? So should I just do the car, or should I do like the car the year I bought it and like a little blurb about it? Like what should yeah. I... Just do about the, the important ones. The, like the majority, because there's okay. so many. E30s. Well, I'll list everything, but there's I'll, so I'll many only E30s list the details. If it's important. a parts car, just say parts car. I didn't put any parts cars on this. Oh, great. Can you count the number of parts cars you had no. in addition? A lot. Is is it over? Is it over twenty? Yeah. Oh yeah. So thirty. It's probably forty-ish. Forty is forty-ish parts cars. Is it over forty-five? No. So it's mid to mid to lower forties. I'm guessing it's cars. probably right around forty. So tack 40. that onto this list. So, so the, the list is eighty vehicles right now. 
Okay, can start anyway, up. All right, so car number one, SW21, 1991 Toyota MR2. Bought it when I was 14. I had my brother Scott help me road trip with a loaner car from BMW. Actually, it was Motorworks at the time. Yes. My mother's street name was in for service. We got that, brought it home, did a ton of maintenance and stuff to it. Sold it when I was 15 before I could really drive it. Uh, car number two, ZZW30 MR2. So third gen, Spider, the black one, which I bought from Scott once I totaled it <clears throat> and oh. rep- repaired it. I totaled well, well, it. One second, sold. I need to add a... 2004 uh, Infiniti G35. Oh, yes. That I inherited one, that, that's that. That's a new... I inherited that. That's a new inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, car number three. A 1987 Mercedes 420 SEL, white on gray. I bought that for 1100 bucks from a guy in Excelsior. I lowballed the crap out of him on the Craigslist. I drove that for three months in high school when I worked in Edina and lived in Plymouth, and it got terrible fuel economy, and it was 2007. So I lost money working at Target. Uh, W201-190D 2.5 turbo diesel, white. That car I miss dearly. That thing was great. Super rare, 87 only. Of all your cars, that's my favorite one that you've ever had. That thing is so And that's cool. the one that you had. Because we started hanging out right around the time that you sold I was, the I was all Mercedes. Yeah, well, uh, no, you, no you, sold, you sold the Toyota because your MR2 is your daily. Yeah, I had the yeah. I had the Toyota the whole time, but like yeah. I also dailyed the, the diesel yes. at the same time. Yeah, though you, you dailyed those two, yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's that's right around the time that we met. So we were also still in tenth grade at this point. Yeah, I was seventeen when I yeah. bought the the Triple Diesel. Uh, next car, nineteen ninety one blue, one ninety e two point three, which Trig now owns. <laughs> next car, nineteen eighty eight Champagne on Oxblood Red, two point three one ninety. Missing reverse, burned a ton of oil, <gasps> but it was pretty clean. So I bought it. it was like three hundred bucks or something. That was uh, the first engine I ever pulled out of a car. Yeah, and it was dropped promptly on my foot. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Ryan. That was not my fault. That was the fault of fine, the chain fine. breaking. That is true. The <laughs> chain did break, which is amazing. Um, next car was the replacement chassis for my third gen, which I bought from Scott after I totaled it. That was the 2001 Silver, matte black painted, uh, MR2 Spider. I had that car up until 2014. I had that thing a long time. Next car, my first BMW, the 1987 black on red convertible, automatic 325i. Next one, a, uh, oh, Jesus, what's this? The 1990 white on tan manual 325 convertible. Then I had a two-door red on black parts car, 86 325ES that I bought. All, all these were when I was 19. Uh, it was a parts car. Then I like repoed Jimmy's 1991 Kawasaki ZX9R B1 sport bike because he owed me so much money. Had that for a while. Next car, uh, 85 red on tan winter beater, 190 E2.3. I bought for 400 bucks. And trailer park girl. I drove that. That was that mm-hmm. was the first 190 I think I drove. No, no, that was one of your parts cars. Disregard. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't the red one. The only person I ever let drive that was TPG, and she blew it up. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> Yuck. I was drunk, so... Anyway, <clears throat> uh, uh, next one, 85... How do you blow up a 190? She somehow, like, blew the OVP relay, and the car never ran again. Wow. Yep. It's like it was a warning sign or something. Yeah, way back in the day. I was 19 at the time. <laughs> and shit finally hit the fan when I was 27, 26. Anyway, neither here nor there. Next car, silver on gray, 85, 190E, 2.3. I barely remember that, but that's the car Ryan and I picked up in Mankato. 
Oh yeah, I love that car. Yeah, that car's great. That thing had like tampons all over it. It was weird. <laughs> no, it was, it was uh, tampons and condoms. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it was a weird and brand new front seats. Just really weird. He had Recaro seats and like a AMG style body kit. Yep, and had the avant garde grill and the Euro uh, headlights. Yep. Like it was a cool car. I did, it looked was, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Was we we shit, parted though. that right the fuck out. It was pretty raunchy. Yeah. And then I gave it away to my buddy Chuni. Next car, the engine donor for Blubsky, 1990 Mercedes 560 SEL. I bought in the middle of January on Craigslist for $560. Silver blue. Two-tone. Two-tone, yep. yes. Custom. But it didn't have working heat, but it had four working heated seats. Oh, so, so I got it home with that. Need, why did you need heat then? I didn't. Yeah. That's but perfect. the steering was the most violently, satanically awful steering <laughs> I have ever driven. Like... The on-center play, you like expect a little bit. This thing was 90 degrees oh, of no. on-center play. <laughs> and it was badly aligned, and it was January. So I was literally like jackknifing the wheel to like... It would like It would like change direction. Then you had to like quick get the wheel to like keep it from veering into the next lane. I took back roads. It was so oh. terrifying. My mother followed me home. <laughs> oh, you poor mom. <laughs> She's such a good sport. Anyway, that's the engine donor. Part of that the fuck out. That thing actually had a really clean body, though. Back in the day... That yeah, would have been worth saving now. Yeah, it would have, yeah. Uh, next car, 87 gold on Houndstooth E30 325i. I bought that in 500 bucks in St. Louis Park. Sold it for four grand. Nice. After, nice. After I put a tank of fuel in it. <clears throat> that's what so you So it would run, and I had to put a set of fuel injectors in it, but that oh, was it. Oh, that's not bad, though. That was like $30. I already had them, so. Out of the red car that we just discussed oh, earlier. Yeah. Uh, next one, silver on Houndstooth E30 325i sedan. First five-speed E30... 325i I ever drove. I bought it for $400 from the most sketchy drug dealer dude in North Minneapolis ever. The car was made of rust holes, but like mechanically, the thing was perfect. Primo. Excellent. So much fun. Next car. 1989 convertible E30 manual. Super Ada powered. 19 years old. Next car. $500 1990 BMW 525i manual. I didn't know until the winter following this purchase that it did not have a heater core. <laughs> oh no so i parked it <laughs> uh next car 1991 318i sedan five speed red on tan bought it for 500 bucks kept it as a spare car until scott put it into a snowbank when he borrowed it then i parted it out next car 1988 bmw 528e auto but it was beige uh, i found it on craigslist said it wouldn't start it was running and then it died so i brought 350 dollars and a crankshaft position sensor with me and i drove it home then I sold it for like four grand the next year. <laughs> Perfect. The thing had one owner at 385K on it from Texas. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, the lady was super nice. Next one, 95 Boston Green on Tan BMW M3. Mm-hmm. Bought that with zero compression on the third cylinder. What Hole year in the three? piston. 95. 95. Oh, it just had a ton of body work. Yeah. I actually found that car at Euroworks parked in Spectator like three years ago. That's oh, really? Awesome. Wow. It was still in really it's nice still shape. Around. Yep. Has a pink valve cover. Oh, cute. That's. I did that. Oh. <laughs> 1995 740IL parts car. I bought it to get M parallels for my dad's car. Parted it out. Nothing special there, but it wasn't technically a parts car because I drove it for a few days. Uh, 1994 325i sedan manual, Boston green on tan. Don't know why I bought it. It was cheap, 400 bucks. Uh, next one, 85 325e Zeno red on black. That is David Norris' old car. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I bought it because we couldn't make it run properly anymore, and I ended up selling it not running properly. That car bested me. That's the only E30 I haven't been able to diagnose. 86, black on black, 325 ES. That car still is sitting out in recycled BMWs. <laughs> I took all the good stuff out of it. Um, 86, 325 ES, tan on tan. 
I don't even remember which one that is. Uh, 2003 Honda CBR600RR. Mm. That was fun, but terrifying. Then I mm. traded that for a 06 Yamaha Vino 125 scooter. And I sold that when I accidentally broke one of the exhaust studs off of it oh, no. when I was servicing it. Uh, 2006 Volkswagen GTI 6-speed. Uh, yeah. yeah, gross. That's my only Volkswagen ever and never again. 1999 That's... Mercedes C43 AMG, a car that That's a... Mark and Jess bought in 2003. Oh. And then I sold it to Jimmy's grandma. She drove it for like four years, and then she blew the trans on it. Oh, no. And then a cat converter plugged on it, so I bought it and gutted the cats. And then I yeah. traded it for uh, uh, a car I'll get to in a couple here. Next car, 92, 325 ICA. That is a parts car. A white on gray convertible. Had really nice interior and plastic bumpers. I got super fucked by a Pepsi employee. What's his name? Rick something. Oh, I want to remember his name just to, like, call him out. The dude is a piece of shit. What do you do? He came and bought bumpers off of it, but I'm like, I'm not home. You can take them off and just leave me cash. And he took tons of parts off the car and just vanished. Wow, what a prick. No. Dude is a what piece of shit. Fuck? So that guy can go fuck himself. Yeah. Uh, next car, 1987 Mercedes 300E, silver on gray. Andrew Kluse's car when he crashed it. Um, I ended up selling that to some guys who needed it for, like, the CIS system because I couldn't make nice. it run properly. Next car. This is the one I traded the C43 for. Uh, 2000 BMW 323iT Sport Auto. This is the first car I ever did a manual swap on. Okay, yeah. Nice. Really nice sport package wagon. Got it from my sister-in-law's dad. Traded him. Next car. 1989 325i 5-speed. This is Unicorn V1. I got this from Eric Devo. Yeah, Devo. Rest in peace, Devo. Yay, rip. Uh, next car. 88 325iX Silver on Cardinal. Huni V2. This is the car that notoriously blew five head gaskets yeah, in one, one winter. Five head gaskets? Oh five my of gosh. them. Only because I realized that the base timing was not the same oh. <laughs> and the tune didn't at 31 degrees of timing on pump gas. Anyway. <clears throat> ah, that, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that turned out to be the problem. Uh, 1990 325iX, five-speed, red on tan. Still have that car. Um, the silver 325iX. Oh, no. There's a black one. Black on black auto, 325X. I bought this from Nick Pappas. That is a horrible combination. This is the least desirable The cleanest E30. E30 I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the least desirable. Probably didn't, nobody wanted to drive it. Sold yeah. it to my buddy Steve, who loved IXs. Did he manual swap it? Nope. Oh, what? man. Good. I mean, good for him for having a clean car, but I, I get why it's uh, so clean, because nobody would ever want to be in it. Pretty much. Yeah. South Dakota. But I kept like the diff and a couple things out of it. I'm like, it's all yours, buddy. <laughs> uh, next one, 1967 Subaru 360. White on red. Yes. That thing was Beautiful. tragic. Uh, it was completely rusted apart. Like, yeah. It was, it it was, was unsavable like, rusted. Oh, yeah. The thing had very no usable parts. Found it in the basement of Blakeland when they moved in. Basement? Basement garage, yeah. Okay. Uh, next car, 1999 Saab 9.3 Vigan. <laughs> Yes. I owned it for four days, and then I, I bought it for 500 and sold it for 2800 I think. Nice. So that was the, right. the quickest ROI I think I ever had. Uh, 86, 325ES. Don't even list colors. Don't know. Uh, 2000, 323i, black on tan. I drove that car for a summer, put a bunch of parts into it because it was super high miles, and I sold it to a guy in Illa, uh, Iowa. Nice. He's still driving it. Uh, 2000, 323i, silver on black. Drove it for a little bit, and then I put the manual parts into Alec Rosen's green 328. Okay. So, again, these are kind of borderline parts cars, but I'm not going to count it as such. If you drove them, if that's... Drove them, yeah. yeah. 2000, 328ci, five-speed. I bought for 1000 bucks out in Medina and drove for a little bit, and then I think I sold it to Recycle. Uh, and then I had two... 
There was a 2000 and a 2001, 323 IT and 325 IT. These were both wagons I bought with bad autos. You know, I, I think this list might be easier if we just included the three series BMWs in the state of Minnesota currently that you've not owned or touched. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, I <laughs> bought both those with bad autos, swapped them. One of them Dave owns, the other one I don't know where it is. Uh, 98528i five speed. I bought that from my now deceased friend Tonebra in Austin. That was the most fuel efficient road tripper I ever had. 2001 525iA, white on black, sold that to John. His brother drives it and has driven it into the ground. Oh, 96 no. Toyota 4Runner, burrito, 5-speed. Awesome, yes. Awesome truck. Interesting. Got rid of that, got an X5, stupidest decision ever. That is a bad Isn't life decision. Isn't that the car that we towed? Yeah. Yes. 2001 320, or sorry, uh, X5, 3-liter, 5-speed. At least it was a manual, but I think it was dumb. Sold it for a huge profit in Duluth. Uh, 98 540i, black on black. Uh, I don't even know if I drove that one. That might be a parts car. <laughs> Sorry. 98 740IL. Also bought that for a set of unparalleled, but it was actually pretty nice, so I resold it. 1989 3 Series Wagon, the right-hand drive one we took yes. to Anchor. Uh, that's now, who knows, Oatana, I think. No, there's some kid that's... He pops up every once in a while at your work. Okay. I used to be that Larry Johnson guy, but now it's uh, Martin Bursker or something. Anyway, uh, 92 BMW 8 Series, 850i 6-speed, 19 years old. Still have that. Uh, 1990 BMW 318i, green on tan, Brexit. These later ones aren't necessarily in order because I repopulated the list. Uh, 95 525i auto, that was Unicorn V3, now parted that thing out. 2000 Z3, 2.8, five speed. I remember Most that. Most fun yeah. I've ever had in a car. I remember uh, leaving our BMW with you and you're getting it sideways. That thing was such a hoon beast. I don't understand it. I don't understand why that car is not more popular. That's a great car. They're really expensive, more than the Boxster, which is why I bought the Boxster. Oh, that's a good point, uh, 96 BMW M3, green on caramel. Don't even remember Gross. that car. I really don't remember that car. You have a lot of, like, dark green That's the, It's low resale green, yeah. Yeah. 1990 325i, black on gray. That's a car I got from my buddy Terrence when I sold him a nice chassis. Parted that out. Uh, 87 325i, blue on tan. That is the chassis I traded to him. It used to have a 330i ZHP engine in it, which was really cool. I took that out before I sold it to him. 1976 Mercedes 240D. That's Blubsky. I put it on there just because I put so much money into it. It's technically Scott's car. 2002 525i silver on gray. Sold that to John Harry's mom. She's still driving it. Yes, she is. Bought it for 500 bucks. Literally put a battery in it, cleared the trans codes, and she's been driving it trouble-free for almost four years. Perfect. Bought it from Eurotech, which that's, said it needed a trans. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 07 328iT six-speed Mr. Wags. Mm. 2013 Fiat 500 Sport, gray on black. Sold that last year to the Frenchie for more than I paid for it, like 60,000 miles prior. Totaled. Nice. Uh, 1991 <laughs> BMW M3, red on black, red M3. 1988 BMW M3, black on tan. Sold that last year. Vespa 05 200 GT, Gran Turismo. Still have that. Uh, 2002 BMW M3 convertible, the one I bought with uh, timing chain guide noise. I needed a complete engine, and then I manual swapped. Thanks, nice. guys. Is that the one downstairs right now? No. Oh, okay. uh, that's a 330. That's our old Florida car. This oh. is one I bought with piss jugs and then fixed and drove for a year and then sold. Didn't make much of a profit because I needed an engine. Yeah, and piss jugs was involved. Fuck piss jugs. Yeah, fuck shit. that guy. Uh, 1997 Ferrari F355 Spider. That's obvious. 85 Mercedes 190 E2.316. Oh, dude, I'm missing a couple of cars from back in the day. I had another 16 valve earlier. 86 Smoke Silver is the one I had back in the day. Mm. Uh, this was a more or less a parts car that I bought last year, the 85. 
part of that out because it was beyond saving. Had mold in the carpet that was growing like trees. Yuck. Gross. No. Nope. Yeah, pretty gross. Uh, 2013 Fiat 500E. Uh, 2011 BMW 1 Series M. 97 540i six-speed Unicorn 4. That's gone. 500 Prima. Bought Scott's car back. Uh, 2001 BMW M3. The blue one. 2007 Toyota FJ Cruiser. Bought that yeah. yesterday. And that's where we're at. And 2001 330Ci, which I took in. How did you buy that? Sin- oh, I was going say, how did you buy <laughs> How did you buy that? That was like two Thursday. weeks ago. No. <laughs> did, I was just did thinking. Did you miss the, the Porsche and the BMW 2002? Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, 2000 Porsche Boxster S and a BMW 1602. Damn it. Um, what year? So, uh, what year did you buy the uh, 8 Series? I bought you're, that in you're pretty young when you bought that. 2010. Yeah, 2010, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, by the way, so, yeah, 27 years old, Ferrari, BMW 8 Series, 2002, E30 M3. I'm really struggling through life. Yeah, it kind of owns a house. Fuck. And a cat. <laughs> and a cat. Yeah, the cat's the big what, one. Life is rough. Good call on the Boxster and the You're 1600. Yeah. I, don't, me, I don't know me, what I Meanwhile, I'm sitting time. here like trying to get my house clean so my landlord doesn't condemn it. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered those guys. like those are very memorable cars and yeah kind of I should yeah. I, there's a few cars I want to include that I came very close to buying okay and something came up okay because that seems to be my sure. lot in life yeah uh, well. 1987 Corolla FX16 God those are so awful and awesome no that car's fucking great I it's love terrible. it no it's not terrible it's a terrible car no it's really compared to the A86 yes. Compared to a ninety-one hundred, or compared to EF Civic, no, it's before the EF Civic came out. That was the best Japanese hot hatch. Um, okay. But anyway, I almost bought one of those. But we were doing the, it, it was I was buying it for my boss, and it was pending. We did the wheel bearing on it, hmm. and um, oh, you told me about this. Yeah, we were doing the wheel bearing, but he forgot to take the wheel bearing. Uh, keep the story. I gotta uh, the the wheel bearing clip out of it, and it snapped the entire spindle in half. Yeah, that was the car that I was supposed to Yeah, buy. I didn't get it for you, yeah. Uh, there was that one. Then um, there was the Z31 that I was going to buy and then lost my job literally. Or no, no, sorry. As I was going to buy it. The guy dropped out. I went on eBay. Yeah. And I was going to buy it, and the guy just ghosted me. Oh, yeah. And then gave me a bad review, even though I had the money for it. And then, which was probably a good thing, because like a week after that, my job went out of business. So. Yeah, no, that w- that one was kind of like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, that was that a was a really cool car. Yeah, we had a cool been... car, but I would have been screwed. There's another Z31 that I was gonna buy. Um, I actually saw. Oh, oh sorry. I actually saw a uh, one of those anniversary Z31s those in like perfect cars. condition in Philly downtown. I'm like, like awesome cars. Didn't have my phone out otherwise I'd have sent you. There was a, a uh, I almost bought a red uh, Kuki Z31, which is a post face stuff. Looks like a looks like a two forty SX in a fat suit. Mm-hmm. Um, almost bought one of those, but it, <laughs> I like the we, description. <laughs> we me and the owner of that literally. I was about to buy it, and then I noticed that that the rear hatch seal was leaking. Mm-hmm. Like right onto where all the electronics for the fuel pump are. Oh, and I'm like, dude, Ian knocked fifty bucks off of this so I can replace this hatch seal, and he wouldn't budge. Um, so I'm gonna count that as almost owning it. Yeah, because I had like I had my pen out. I was about to sign the paper, and I dropped the pen, and as I dropped it, it rolled back and fell in the spare tire hole. And I opened that up and it was just full of water. I'm like, whoa, dude, what's going on here? So. 
I've almost owned multiple Z31s, and then we'll just like the universe has like gotten in between. It's, and said, it's telling no, not this one. <laughs> this is not the right one. This is not the Z31 for you, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gonna, like when we buy a house, he's gonna open up the garage. There's gonna be a Z31 be in the there. Best, most perfect Ryan, like like anniversary in a edition. Life had built it for himself. Right. With like future life. With like color keyed and key aeronautics oh, on it or something. It'd God. just be perfect. Uh, but anyway, uh, I know I feel the same there's way. There's also be so happy. <laughs> I came very close to owning a '86 uh, Toyota Celica liftback drift car. That's um, interesting. It was a 22 RE in it, and was actually pretty cool. Um, the reason I did not buy it was um, this is another thing where the guy wouldn't budge on it, and it needed basically a full. I love walking away. Like, like every every ones. single every single seal on the engine was leaking everything. Fucked up. Like the engine ran perfectly, but it was just leaking everything. I mean, dude, like I got to knock. It's a twenty two RE. I got to knock off like three hundred bucks because oh, a twenty two RE is like a three hundred dollar engine all day. Right. What about that uh, first gen Civic that the guy refused to? Oh sell my us? god, that one. That one I wasn't going to include. But I will now. Seventy six Honda Civic. Okay. White with a black interior. Sure. Car was. Great, except okay. for the fact it had a couple holes in the floor because sure. it had been stored. It had been stored on a dirt floor. Oh, okay, but so some moisture. Yeah, some moisture. It was largely fine. Okay, like the floor, like it needed patch panels. That was it. Sure. But the floor, for the most part, was okay. It was yeah. just like right by where the door goes on. There was like a hole, and like I, I pulled the carpet back and got a good look at it, and it was yeah. it was good. Like okay. it, it just needed that. Like it was literally. It, it was the three inch spot. Yeah, it's like, of like where bubbles. they put the little cap thing in. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's exactly that. Yeah, right where the cap was. Um, but we were driving it, and during the test drive, the guy's like, "Yeah, the car's been parked for about sixteen years. I haven't done anything to it." And the engine blew on the test drive. Yep. And he forced us to push it up the hill. Said it was our fault. And he then he goes on to say, "Well, I haven't changed the oil in sixteen years. You don't have to because I've been driving it." I'm like, oil collects moisture. Of course it blew up. And so the guy refused to sell to us for a discounted price. Jana's dad go and he says like he oh knows more God. about cars than me. Yeah, because, because I'm because I'm not seven I'm not seventy years old. Jana's dad, who's Who like sixty civics. years old at the time, loves civics, tries to go buy it because we're gonna buy it for him and put it back together for him. Mm-hmm. Um he goes to drive it, still isn't running. He offers the guy half of what he was asking. The guy was asking like a loot, like six grand or something. No, four oh, grand. God. He's okay. asking four grand. It's like two grand for that car for a rusty Civic with a blown engine. Really good price, mm-hmm. but it was perfect for Janice's dad. So I was like willing to just take the hit and let it happen. Um, <laughs> but the the guy still that he did funny. he said basically the same shit to Janice's dad because he was older than Janice's dad by like ten years. Yeah, and he's like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about with cars, and I'm like, dude. Clearly, you're the only person here that doesn't know what you're talking about because you're the one that didn't change oil for 16 years and blew the engine. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and then did not disclose that before the test drive. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he was telling us about how his son used to own this car, so he didn't ever drive it himself. It oh, okay. His son's car. Great. Whereas my dad owned one for He knew quite all, a, all about them, yeah. Yeah, he knew all about them. And, <laughs> I like, run into that so often, I'm just like, But, dude. yeah, so we tried buying the car twice, and then it keeps on getting sent to us because it's still for sale. And we're like, no, it you guys. It pops up fuck every year off. like herpes. It's horrible. I know Craigslist ads like that. Yeah, it Ugh. just keeps coming back. It's just awful. Um, but anyway, so I get a question for you, Burger. Yes. 
since we've talked about our vehicle histories in great detail. Yes. Well, uh, well basically, it, you just listed yours off for half I'm going to say very minimal detail, but I think the listeners will thank us for that. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite year for automotive for, design and why? Oh, okay. Um, wow. I Okay. I forgot we were doing that in this episode. Yeah, okay. So when you when you asked me this, I don't even know where my brain went because that is a tough question. It is. No, it's a, it, it's a super hard question. But what I ended up on was 1991. Okay. But before I go into why, what was yours? Mine was 1986. There was a very, very close follow-up, okay. but I chose not to say it because I knew it would bother you a lot. Oh, God damn it. We haven't used the pre-war bell in two episodes, so... 1934. I will not go into detail. There it is. Fine. All right. You go first because I've actually got yours queued up first in the display. Okay. So um, mine, 1986, because it also doesn't bother you, had a lot of cars that just about every car I like was available in 1986. Sure. Uh, 1968 was also up there too. Why That's fine. 1986. Keep uh, going. Well, at 68, you had the, fi- you had the Datsun 510, the 2000 GT, the Mazda Cosmo. Okay, that's yep. enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, all my 60 cars I like that were made then. Uh, all right, so 86, the first thing that came to my mind about 86 is that was the only year that you get a 4S Fox body Mustang with the uh, fuel-injected engine. Okay. okay. That was the first thing. And I kind of thought about it. I'm like, well, actually, you know what? That was also the last year of the Celica Supra, the second gen, which I think you should. I have it that, up that right should here. be the first one. Yep. Yeah, that one that you got pulled up right there. Yep. It was the first. It was the last year of the Celica Supra, which debuted in '82, according to this image. Yeah, '82 to '86, and '86 and a half they had the third gen Supra, mm-hmm. um, which also I like a lot. Um, so that works. The Zenki Z31. It was the last year of that, mm-hmm. which was the post uh, the pre facelift. Z31 before it looked like a 240 in a fat suit. Um, <laughs> it was also the last year of the pre facelift Subaru GL10, which is my Subaru that I am stuck with for the rest of my life. I actually, <laughs> but I, I legitimately actually really love the grill on that car. I would tell you to pull a picture, but there's not a good picture of a Subaru GL10 no, in the Yeah, we were terrible. discussing. We're, we're only pulling up three images from our list. Yeah, they're like every single, every single picture is from like. Uruguay. <laughs> it's just and like, it was taken. It was taken with a potato. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, literal potato. And then I think you should have a picture of the S12 up there because it was the last year the pre-facelift yep. 200 SX. Yep. I have that. Which there. is another one of my favorite cars. Also, almost purchased two of those. Never purchased either. It's very handsome. Uh, the only reason I didn't purchase my the S12 I was going to buy is I j- literally just bought the Subaru. Ah, and I didn't want to burden my parents with four <laughs> cars in their driveway. Um, <laughs> hey, man, you gotta you gotta make certain concessions. Yeah, it was also the first year of the Civic Si in 1986. Oh, okay, um, the CRX Si had been a thing in the past. Mm-hmm. Just in America, the Civic Si had not been a thing prior to 1986. Um, gotcha. The it was also the first year of the post facelift 86 Corolla. Um, <laughs> Actually, really like the post facelift A86. Um, I think the facelift cars pretty much all look better personally, but there's once you look at some uh, ger- that should that should be a topic ger- for us. Honestly, Germany, I could get that. No, there's a couple in Germany where I vehemently like a post facelift, like a post po- like facelift Vanagon looks way better with the plastic bumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the Mark II Golf. 
I should add that to the bottom of the yeah. the doc doc pick here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah the A eighty six. I like the post facelift a little bit more. Uh, not to say I wouldn't take a pre facelift. They're they're both good. Um, but yeah, it, the Mustang like I said earlier got fuel injection, which is huge because that was when I like, really you could say that nineteen eighty three is when. America left the malaise and like got modern. Yeah. When they decided to update the Corvette. Well, and everything when, had turbo engines and stuff like that. Yeah, everything else had a turbo engine. Like they updated the Corvette, the um, third gen Camaro. Ah, the C4. The third gen Camaro got a lot faster. You had uh, the turbocharged G, um, Grand Nationals. You added uh, then the the carbureted Mustangs in '83 also got a lot more power. They just were they sort out their shit basically mm-hmm. and decided that emissions are going to go anywhere. <laughs> they were there forever. But yeah, 86 is when Ford finally added fuel injection to the Fox yep. body Mustang. And yeah, that's I mean, like big power, like we, right, but it made it harder to tune. Yeah. But well, I mean at that time, but now it's easier. Yeah. Cause while, yeah, the Mustang was that was harder to tune at that era. Right. Now back in the day, like putting a carb on, it was a lot easier than yeah, finding, but Nowadays, yeah, like, if you try to tune a third-gen Camaro with a toilet bowl injection, you can't. But the Mustang actually had, well, had port fuel injection, yep. which is huge. Yeah. Because, yeah, America hadn't done, or uh, the, America I mean, wasn't really into that before that. I mean, BMW had that in, like, I know they did. That's I said America wasn't really into that. <laughs> and Mercedes had it in 72. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I also, the, the yeah, speaking of Mercedes, the 560 SEC, uh, the 560 debuted the in engine, 86. Yes, it did. Yep. Um, it was the first year of Acura in the United States, mm-hmm. which, you know, as you revolutionized the world, it was the first year of the E30 M3. Well, no, it, it did because yeah, prior yeah. to Acura, you would either get a German vehicle, mm-hmm. which is super luxury and yeah, no, it predated you know, Lexus for sure. Or, yeah. or you would get an American car, which but is the, a land yacht with leather seats. The Acuras didn't sell very well until like 90 or 91. They sold decently, right. but I mean, uh, for a debut brand, yeah. they sold decently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that was kind of a big deal, Acura. I mean, that that was the start of. A but big it wasn't thing. like Lexus coming here. No, well, when Lexus did, they just knocked out the park because, yeah. well, Acura really opened the door and Lexus broke it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was also '86 was the first year of the E30 M3. Yep, in Europe. Yep, and it was the first year of the E32 Seven Series in Europe, which I think might be. I think I'm pretty sure it was 87. It was 87. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cause then 87 was a runner up then. Cause I really, that, I really like that. I, I do really like the that turbo diesel series. Mercedes one ninety. Yeah. And I really, really <laughs> like that seven series. Well, mine was made in 86, but, uh, all right. So things that I know for a factor in 86, R 31 Skyline. Okay. Um, and the R the F 31 leopard. Now I think you have a picture of that. Cause most people won't, won't recognize that. Yes, I do. Um, we got that actually for a little bit in America is the infinity M 30 when they've, finally brought infinity here um and there's one there is one and you pull our parts and they're not letting me buy the chassis and i'm really fucking annoyed i hope but, i got these two images in the right order i'm actually not sure if i did you want me like um get uh, that is a s12 okay what what is this one that's a that's f31 leopard okay all right, so disregard. That's the photo I <laughs> so had up when he was backwards. talking about the whatever. Yeah, yeah, I pulled him up in whatever order. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. But anyway, yeah. So that, that is the Leopard. Yeah, so the Leopard, and the that was actually SX. that was a really cool car because for a while it was actually the fastest car you can get in Japan. Hmm. 
uh, was a three-liter V6 single turbo Damn. option. Holy shit. The one we got was a three-liter non-turbo. But um, no, in Japan, that was like groundbreaking. And that car led to the R32 Skyline and led to the Z32 300ZX. Um, I can see that. Yeah, so that that was a pretty groundbreaking year. Well, I'll um, go back to the Leopard then for this topic. Yeah, the, the Leopard, <laughs> the Leopard. I I really want to get it Infinity M30, uh, preferably in white. I think. Fine. In white with a convertible, uh, a convertible top. <laughs> uh, also, hey, '86, Gianna's favorite car, the CA Accord. Yes. Boom. Yeah, that started out in '86. Um, my first CA Accord was in '86. You've not owned one yet. No, I've only owned 88 and 89. Yeah, so First, 80, 86, you can either get a sedan or you can get a hatchback that looked identical to an A86. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, literally, I would actually recommend... It's kind like, of Like, type in CA Accord hatchback. Like, actually, yeah, it does look better. It, it looks sleeker than the A86 originally did. Um, but yeah, it was like... When, back when I had that Accord, the reason I sold it uh, was... It's not identical, but yeah, it's got the same shape to it. it. The reason I sold my CA Accord was there were some guys in a big pick-me-up truck that said, dude, that's a sick A86. And I go, it's an Accord. And they go, It oh. is the exact same shape, though. Yeah, I like if you, if you did not know the A86 really well, you saw an Accord like, coming at you on the highway. All right. Like so in oncoming traffic. That you, is you would Toyota. Swear it's A86. That is the Honda. <laughs> They're like identical. Toyota. Honda. <laughs> I'm going to watch that back later because that's hilarious. Yeah, like they're literally identical. I had half a mind to get some Corolla badges for it. Oh, my God. But anyway, <laughs> um, oh, 86 is also the first year the fuel-injected Countach. Nice. And the first year that the Testarossa went from their stupid metric-sized wheel that you can never fucking find oh, the tires TRX. for yep. to a proper 16-inch wheel like everybody else in the world had. I don't know why that was even a thing. But I found that I'm like, what the fuck I would what were love, they thinking? I think we should do the TRX wheels as an interesting engineering at some point. Why don't we do that today? Because you probably know something about I don't that. know shit about I don't those. know shit about it. All right, we're let's, not doing let's it not today. do it today. We'll, we'll do it research, time. but <laughs> I'll add that to the thingy here too. Oh, that's so annoying. Anyway, tell me about yours, because that's, that's everything I got going on. All right, so I might I did, think of something. I did 1991. Um, the main reason I did that, the same vein as most of your choices, it's the final year of the E30 M3. It's the first year of the BMW 8 Series. It's the uh, origin of the SW20 and 21 MR2s. It's the origin production year of the indestructible third-gen Camry, which is really important whether you like them or not. Uh, it's not the first year of the Z32 by any stretch, also, but... Come to think of it, that first-gen Camry yeah. also third, third is or first. to date... No, third-gen, sorry. Yeah. It's the first... Cam- it was the only Camry to have a racing pedigree. Yeah, the two-door one. Yeah, the two-door one is a home... Leg- mm-hmm. The two-door V6 manual Camrys were a home legation model Which for a touring rad. car. The three VZFE yeah. five-speeds. Yeah, that's a very cool car. Anyway, one. I'll let you continue. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have the Z32 300ZX in here. It's not a 1991 model. That's an 89, but it's... I swear, like, that nobody paid attention to them until 91, so I put it in there. You can take it out if you don't like it. Uh, the, Z30, the Z32 300ZX, I mean... I love that car. I'm, I'm putting that in 91. I do not want one at all. But every single person 
that was like into cars in that time really liked them. Like if you like nineties cars, what's not to love about the Z thirty two though? I mean, like technologically, I mean, like, no, it's, no, it's, it's got the hike. It's, it's an like, amazing, it's, it's an amazing engine. car. It's just it, it doesn't do much for me. But I mean, that's, that's fine. I, I, but I no, totally I mean, it, it is like a very good car because that's the reason why the two hundred and eighty horsepower limit was introduced. Why in Japan two seventy six? Why did the um, why did that car get overshadowed by the FD and the Supra, the fourth gen? I think because the Supra was known for making massive amounts of power. Okay. The FD was known for that. And Nissan also had the Skyline. So the Z32... But not in this country, they didn't. No, they didn't. But So I think that the Z32 kind of took a back seat to that. Plus the Z32... But I think the Z32 is more impressive than the Skyline. I think it. I think it's a very impressive car as well. I, I think that... I'm just confused The Z32, for some reason, has fallen onto like the same level as the 300... Or 3000 GT VR4. Yeah, that's true. Two Nobody cars, cares. Great car. A, an amazing car. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think the 3000 GT VR4 really is probably the best car Mitsubishi has ever true. made. Yeah. Um, same, same era, even. Yeah. Same but vein. I think uh, the 300ZX, I think, I think it's really because... The tunability and the ease of maintenance. I think it's the ease of maintenance. On the other two. Whereas the Z32 really lost a lot. Like That's what really lost a lot yeah. of people. And, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably about it. That, that makes sense. I think, that, I think the 350Z kind of overshadowed it. Even though it didn't do anything special, I think yeah. it overshadowed it. So I think, I think that was a big deal. Uh, yeah, it's whatever. Anyway, uh, next one, the Mercedes 500E, that Porsche co-developed E-Class. I like that E-class. car. Uh, I think it's gorgeous. I really like that car. I don't know if I took a picture of that one up. I think I did. The internet was so bad when I pulled these up, I didn't actually queue mine like I did yours. Oh, so okay. I'll let this load while I talk about it, but the 500E picture is coming up. That thing was cool. 5 liter V8. The only dumb part was 4-speed auto only, but the thing had just bulging, rippling fenders and... Absolutely, it's gorgeous. one of those things. If you see it from like afar, you're kind of yeah. like, "Oh, that's cool. It's old Mercedes." And you go, up close yeah, like, to "Oh, it. it's a W124." And then you're like, "That has fender flares. That you're has like, Porsche brakes. That's lowered. <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, got big wheels." It just pulled up a freaking YouTube video. Anyway, 500E. That's a good one. Uh, first gen Acura NSX. That car is hugely important and very impressive. We we're just talking about the FDRX7. First year of that. Uh, first year of the first gen Viper, which is a dumb car, but also really important. Yes. I think um, I think I'm probably gonna make something on the motor cult blog at some point about the Japanese big muscle cars, the ones that everybody should know about and kind of why they're important. Because if, if there's a lot of people outside the Japanese car world mm-hmm. that go, "Oh, those are cool," but they don't know just how important they are. Right. So I'll probably do something like that. That's uh, fair. I but mean, it's definitely an important car. It's a very important car. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, the Viper was stupid. Very dumb. So stupid. But- I mean, important. I mean, it was also, I think, the first implementation of the Tramac T56. Yes, it was. <clears throat> it was um, also the only, it was, that was a direct shift one, too. Yeah. So, yep. I was struggling saying. Um, yep, yep. Uh, the BMW Nazca, which I have a photo of, of right here, that was an interesting race car, concept car. Just be gentle with her. She's so plugged into so much shit. Ooh, yes. I mean, it's, that's a pretty car. It's a very modern-looking thing for 91. I mean, that, that it's got a lot of looking. early 90s cues to it. I mean, you could tell it's from the era, but yeah, still. That was pretty cool. Uh, the Toyota Previa, that uh, needs no explanation. One of my favorite vans of all time ever. One of my Did favorite you, you vehicles. Said, you said FDR7, right? Yep. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that was Celica Alltrack Turbo. Yes. The uh, Lexus SC. Also, well... Second generation of the Lexus or of the Alltrack Turbo. Yeah, the 3S GTE one. 
Well, no, because what, what what generation are you thinking the of? The bubbly, the first bubbly one. No, the because one that looks like an SW20. They they put the three S GTE in the generation before it as well. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, but yours is yours is the first one that had a really solid racing pedigree. Yeah, the because, one that you see with Castrol written all over it. In the early well, no, 90s. I mean, they're all all three all tracks did, but um, the original all track. The reason nobody is as jazzed about it, unless you're like really into Japanese cars is that it got its ass kicked by the Audi Quattro all the time. I still think it's cooler. But no, no, the one that you like is a very pretty car. Yes, and I like that. That stands to why the front-wheel drive Celicas aren't shit. Yeah, no, if you don't get an all-track, I saw like a stock all-track on the road the other day. I'm like, those are very cool cars. Holy yeah. hell, that thing's rad. Well, even Nobody a, knows what it is. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a guy in town that does like, he does like a bunch of stupid Toyota projects. Okay. And I, I love him for it, but he had like, he originally had a um, AE102 wagon, which is a 90s scroll wagon, okay. with a 20 valve uh, 4G, uh, uh, 4G, yeah, 4A, 4A, yeah, 4A, yeah, 4A, the 5 valve head on it? Yeah. Is that the black yeah. top or the silver top? Silver top. Okay. And But no, he got one of those bubbly Celicas after he sold that, and he put in a 3.5 V6 on a front-wheel drive one, and it is hilarious. Oh, dude. Yeah. A, t- a 2GR on <laughs> that yeah. thing? Woo-wee! Uh, but anyway, yeah, that Celica Alltrack Turbo, um, the Lexus SC, the one that's all ripply and started in 92 model year, 91 production. I'm okay with that one. That's the only SC I like. I'll yeah, be, me too. Because, I mean, technically the Soars, I liked the first yeah. two generations before that, but that was the only one that we got in America I still that see I like. the SCs. I'm like, that's actually a fairly attractive car still. Yeah. Uh, Bugatti EB110. That's uh, an amazing car that yeah. nobody really cared about until like the last 10 years when i was looking this up i'm like that's gotta be like 96 97 no nope. it was 90, 91 yeah, it was, yeah. yeah so that's incredible uh let's see what else ferrari f40 yes yes honda, honda beat yes well wait go. wasn't that 40 87 i don't know when i, I was doing I think, the cursory I think, research I think 90, maybe 90, the last 91 year. was the last year that was the last so year you still had that 40 but you had the beat um and that was 91 a very very good year it's a very full year yeah, there's a lot, a lot of lot a on. lot of really good things that were happening that year. So that's um, that's mine. Uh, I do have you know, a picture actually, of the EV110. I, I, I will here. say, with the Supra, even though the fourth gen did not come out until '93. Yeah, that was the first year of the two Js or the one the, the one JZ in that car. Yeah, right? that, that that's worth mentioning. The third gen Supra with the one J. Yeah, because that the JZ series engine. Here's a photo of the EV110 from '91. Mm, yes, it's a proper oh, good looking car. What a great car. But yeah, that is um, that that's a solid list. Um, God, I I don't know which one be actually be better. Uh, I how think, about this? How listeners? about we consider? Wait, okay, I'll let you finish first. What how about saying? this, listeners? Why don't you comment on our SoundCloud, Facebook, or Motorcall blog post regarding which one you think is the better year, or if you think there's a year that is better? Let us know, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> All right, well, if that's two. the end of the design thing, I want to talk about one more thing before we get to the World Cup of Cars. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, and this is bike news, and it's a company that we all, I think, collectively hate. It's Harley-Davidson. Mm, yeah. Yes. I, and I know you're saying, why the hell are we talking about Harley-Davidson? But here's the thing. They're in dire financial straits, this company. Oh, yeah. Shocking, right? Yeah, all Donald, their demographics And Donald Trump, Donald Trump is only making things worse. Right. <laughs> so they're trying desperately to bring in new buyers for their bikes. So they've got three new motorcycle like designs or whatever. Like One's like a street fighter. One's like a cross bike and all that. Mm-hmm. But they still have these hideous, stupid-sounding V-twins in them. I'm like, nobody's going to buy your crappy-ass bike. 
And I'm just like, the question I like asked myself ironically is like, will it work? I'm like, hell no, it's not going to work. Uh, it, it's such, they, they have no idea what's going on. No, no, it's, they're trying to, it, it's like, it's like asking a 90 year old in a nursing home, what young people do for fun on Friday nights. Basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I, I think Harley Davidson has the ability to make themselves get themselves out of their hole they just have to kind of do what america did in the like late 70s america was stuck on the big stupid v8 with no r&d behind it how about the tech that porsche developed twin cam v-twin that they have yeah like that that, like you can have the v-twin you can have the stupid firing order but there's so many better ways to make it better or if you're going to commit yourself to the stupid firing v-twin go with the old ones that people really like like the pan heads and stuff like that I hate all of them. Yeah. yeah Let's talk about World Cup of Cars. I, I hate this I thing. don't know how to say anything nice about Harley Davidson. It's just, they're in the demographic that owns them. I mean, mm. that's the main reason why yeah. I wouldn't the, buy a Harley. It's like, it's like buying a Mustang. Yeah, you just it, can't do it. It's I, a great car. You can't do it. There's there, there are a number of cars where I really wanted to buy them. And yeah. I just absolutely could not deal with the owners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's there's a lot of American cars that are like that. Uh, there's a uh, lot of um japanese car owners that are like that yeah there's even uh, a lot of like bmws and stuff it, like even that. like yeah. my, my crusted like every time i have to ask somebody a question on a crusted page i just like loathe doing it because <laughs> every person i met with a crusted is a complete and total prick like it's not that well ex- it's the exception of ben ben you're cool but i mean like um <laughs> good save yeah but i mean like it's just like there's so many people that are like oh dude you you don't know what the head gasket torque is supposed to be? I'm like, dude, yeah, I've owned one seven. And would you just tell me instead of berating me? Like, just there's a lot of see dicks on forums like that. back in the day. I would always berate somebody, but I would answer their question first. Yeah, like go. what's the head tightening order? And I would list it, and then be like, you should really search next time, you fucking idiot. Well, it's like that's five pages. You down. can't search. You can't search now because all the forums are mostly dead, and the big Cressida oh. forum has been dead for years. Well, this was back in the day then. Yeah, well, when I, search yeah. worked. Like if this is like a Honda thing, like I would say that. But like with the Cressida, there's like a big ass Cressida forum, yeah. and it's gone down, and there's not much information. Forums are dying, man. Yeah, I miss them, but yeah, but I mean, it's it, it's it sucks, and now I have to ask these awkward questions and get berated for it. So that's why I don't like Cressida ownership. Other than that, I love the car. Um, but no, I think you're right with Harley Davidson being the same way. And another thing, I think, I don't know. There, there are some things I respect about Harley Davidson. Cause like, but they're like, like what? Uh, prior to World War II, pre-war, um, they had board track racing, which I thought was cool. Did you want know board track racing is? Yes, I do. Yeah, we'd race on the racetracks made of wood. I don't know how people were able to... Um balance those motorcycles with a tremendous amount of ball mass yeah it, it, oh, bit for those of you that aren't flying into the the, the crowds yeah, yeah if you if you don't know what board track racing is they're basically these motorcycles that are raced on wooden tracks with complete loss of oiling systems yeah, and they're yeah they're yeah there's no brake and the throttle is locked wide open um mm-hmm. there is no way to slow down and these these tracks are banked at like 45 50 degrees they're incredible yeah yeah, and you would, they were entirely made of wood, and when the wood planks would come up because they are being warped by the oil and the motorcycles going over them, people would literally fall through the center of the track. And be, like, impaled by them, too, occasionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was like, imagine a Mario Kart track. Yeah. 
but in real life, yeah, how horrifying that would be. And because that's basic. Sounds a horrible. And you only get one life. Yeah, and that yellow. Yeah. Yellow. Uh, well, I think there's also one where like when they were doing race cars on board track racing, which is oh, a God. thing that they would do. Because yeah, take what already takes balls of steel on that a sounds pre-war like a race poor car. Idea. Well, anyway, there's one I think it was in Kansas or something where like a car flew off a track, like flew like a block in the air to, and like landed inside a pub and exploded. What? And that was like the end of board track. Just racing. another day in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Race cars God flying across it. multiple city blocks. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. So that's like one thing I'm okay. I would say, hey. I would uh, love to visit one of those, but I'm sure they're all gone now. They, they are all yeah. gone. I but think if, there's if you, one preserved somewhere. That'd be cool. And it, it's heavily guarded. They, have, they don't want anyone to there use is it. A, there is actually a chunk of the original Milwaukee board track that's at the Harley-Davidson Museum, which is actually a really cool museum. Oh, oh, I I went by a really cool museum on my way home yesterday. Do was tell. it in, was it in Indiana? Was the Cord Auburn Duesenberg Museum? Damn it! It was an RV and motorhome museum, and it was huge. I'm sure yeah. it is. It, it looked had... really good. <laughs> that actually oh probably would be God. really cool. They had like one of those GM 70s things parked out front. I'm like, oh. Where was this? It's a great by uh, Tire X headquarters. Uh, it was like just just east of South route. Bend. All right. Wouldn't even take that long. It's like an hour and a half from Chicago. Man, next time we're in Chicago, we gotta go there. We gotta go to the Cord, uh, Cord Auburn and Duesenberg Museum. Anyway, uh, World Cup of Cars. That's a lot of pre-war. Yes, we're making up for not having done it the last two weeks and on Saturday. Last episode. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, World Cup of Cars. We're doing Poland versus Japan because I fucked up and. Forgot to make a uh, listing. Whatever. For what this episode it's a gray area. Um, these are two countries where I absolutely adore their car culture. Um, Poland has a fantastic car culture. As I mean, obviously Japan. That's my career is based off of is Japanese cars. Um, Poland, their car that I mean, used to represent them is the Polish people's car. Their ultimate race car, the Fiat One Twenty Six P for Polski. Um, and we, none of us need to pull up that because we know exactly what it is. It is a properly good-looking car. You imagine Whose Poland? Is it's up mine. Right it's a fucking robo calls from Washington D.C. I keep blocking the numbers, but they keep adding more shitty numbers. For his fucking politicians? No, I don't know. I don't answer them. Great. I Google the number. Now Donald Trump's ruining my podcast. Anyway. Fuck off, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so no, um, the Fiat 126P. Uh, it was a air-cooled, I think a two-cylinder or a four-cylinder, I can't remember, but it's a really small engine. Yeah, air-cooled like engine, 600cc two-cylinder or something. But they would, um, like, it, that was the people's car in Poland. Everybody had one. And even to date, like, that's the thing is to modify them. So, like, in Polish hot-rodding culture, you use a 126P, and you can run, like, Italian Fiat stuff for, like, Well, they put, like, twin cams in them and stuff now, Like, too. they do some, like, actually really cool shit with them. The, uh, the Jay Leno's Garage TV show actually did a really great episode about uh, Polish car culture hmm. and the 126P. I thought that Such was a really... cute little car. Yeah, I, I love that car a lot. Um, Pulled up an image one just to... Yeah, and they also have an amazing rally pedigree. Um, now, the car that it's going up against is probably the most iconic Japanese sports sedan of all time. Yeah, probably. And that would be the Datsun 510. Uh, a car in its own right has a racing pedigree uh, a mile long. I mean, that's that was the first Japanese car to beat an Italian car, like outright in a race. Not like past them, but like that was the first 
one that they unseated Alfa Romeo in touring car racing. Well, uh, I think it was IMSCA or something, IMSA or something. I think that's just IMSA, not IMSCA. Yeah, IMSA, IMSA. IMSA. Corey, stop opening my doors. But anyway, um, yeah, so that one, that that's huge that they beat uh, Alfa Romeo. Can you take your phones and take them off the fucking table? No. But um, I'll put it on top of the other phone, though. But yeah, so the fact that they did that was pretty huge. Uh, the car has an amazing rally pedigree as well. Um, it was also the car that really brought Japan into the fold, you know, putting them on par with the 2002. Yep. And that was, th- that I, I cannot specify enough being that emphasize. big of a deal. Or, well, espe- yeah, emphasize, I'm sorry. I can't emphasize enough how big of a deal that is. Um, I think when we interview Ben from JNC, we should have him give some more insight about that because I just cannot give that car enough justice. The 510? Yeah, because that car is, it is just, as much as I like to be a hipster and say... They're also like, hideously expensive now. Yes, they are. As much as I like to be a hipster and say I like the 411 more, it's because I can't afford a 510. <laughs> Solely that purpose. I would have liked a 510, but yeah, I mean, I'm obviously in the German category, so I'm in the 2002 instead. I think if I can find one for cheap, I will absolutely buy one. Um, the one I pulled up just for the image was a bring a trailer car, and it went for forty thousand dollars. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ! Yeah, no, they go for li- just lousy amounts of money. Oh I've missed God. the boat on that by a mile. Um, if you want a five ten, the best thing you can do is get yourself a second generation Corolla. <laughs> and that is all right. That's a pro tip right there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a pro tip right there. I mean, it is as fun and a hell of a lot cheaper. And it still looks really good. Uh, I'm going to have to say Japan has to win this one because Poland made one very good car. Yeah, the 510 wins. And Japan made everything good. So I'm sorry, Poland. I mean, the 126P is adorable, and we're probably going to get stabbed by the poles now, but... I'm sorry, Poland. I, I love your car. I think it's adorable. Also, shout out to the FSO Polonez for being a Polish car. Uh, a lot of the communistical cars that they made in Poland it's just you're competing against Japan, man. It's That car was so bad. But, I mean, like, the thing is, like, they, they, Poland put in, like, a solid effort. Like, as far as Soviet cars went, they had the highest performance ones. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just one of those things. You, They're not going to be able to compete. Like, for every Polish car, I can come up with 15 amazing Japanese cars. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Poland does have to... Uh, take an L on this one, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, Bye, Poland. You have four years until the next World Cup of Cars, and maybe you can make something amazing <laughs> or a bunch of amazing things and take it home. I'm rooting for you, we, Poland. We will, yeah. I we'll keep the light sorry. on for you. I yeah, guess. we'll keep yes. the light on for you. I, I don't want to... I, I wish there was like a Soviet uh, World Cup of Cars so I could give them... You know the proper respect they deserve. <laughs> Give them their dues. Yeah, and well, the thing is, like, I really love Poland. I feel, I honestly feel bad oh, about. Didn't have that plugged in. God damn it! Sorry, I had the sound recorder was running on its own battery oh, instead of God, power. Oh, horrible. No. Whoops. <clears throat> anyway, good thing we're solved. almost done here. Yeah, oh, no, it's fine. Uh, did you come up with anything you wanted to do for interesting engineering? No, nah, we were going to do the TRX, but we need to research we that. Need to re- we and we're at an hour and fifteen anyway, so yeah, it's, it's okay. Whatever. I think uh, here when, when we come up with something. Uh, did, I, did I talk about the Toyota 2G, TG already? The 2TG? Yes. Yeah. I okay. did that like two weeks ago. I'll say. Well, well uh, two, two episodes ago. It was probably like a month ago. Hmm. I, I gotta come up with something. And yeah, we talked about how we could relate cat, cat power to car power. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, what is what it? Oh! Power? 
No, the, you go. As a, as a talk about stupid body kits. Oh, I was going to talk about something interesting in the FJ, but I haven't. I, what, have to what, think. What, I don't know. Uh, three windshield wipers. That's yeah, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Here, uh, <laughs> stupid big body kits on cars. <laughs> okay. Originally, where body kits came from, even before the big body kit craze in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, super silhouette cars. It was uh, aero kits made for uh, Japanese, uh, a particular Asian tour. Not even Asian. It's just a touring car, FIA silhouette racing. And what you would have to do is you'd have to use the stock body of a car and modify yeah. it from there. Okay. You would not be allowed to remove the stock body. You'd have to modify the body itself. Oh, okay. With the original stuff underneath. Hmm. So super silhouette cars, if you could bring up the super silhouette 200 SX, that give you an example of what these cars look like. Um, these cars were, th- this is kind of where Japan started off with their body kit craze. Uh, they were extra wide bodies that were put on over the cars for better aerodynamics. Let me look at it. Let me just make sure you get the the right thing. It's the thing you're looking for. But um, no, they would do that. Uh, That led to Japan's whole aero thing. They started putting um, like all sorts of weird things on cars in Japan. Since, since that era has had more of an interest in aerodynamics on cars than like any other aftermarket has. That's why you never saw much for, Aero kits sound like American cars. Like, yeah, you saw like ASC McLaren stuff, but like, you know, you didn't see it on the level they're right. getting from Japan. And then like, in Europe, you would get stuff like Gimbala and I stuff feel like, like a that, lot of the it's more for like Playboys. The Koenig and BBS kits predated this though. I mean, this was a the, 1984 release. That that particular one was, but this whole series came started in the late 70s. Okay. So, um, but yeah, no, that Koenig and and stuff like that. BBS, yeah. BBS Zender. Uh, oh they, God, Zender! Yeah, they. Um, oh, what's uh, uh, Seferro? I remember Seferro because there weren't any of those for BMWs that I saw. But. No, but uh, Seferro did make some cool stuff for uh, Mercedes. There, I also oh, remember their. I remember their name because they were uh, also one of my favorite synthwave artists. His name's Seferro. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, a lot of these body kits like came from that. Uh, in the '90s, you saw this growing more and getting round because they're following the body styles of the cars. And then, yeah, when Feels came out with their Feels wide body kit, that's when this kit, just, this whole thing be, like exploded. Died off. It exploded with Fast and the Furious 1. Yeah, well, it's because there is... <laughs> yeah, they were using that style of kit. They were using right. Wings West kits, which were designed to have openings for yeah, like... Veil side, bro. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were designed to have <laughs> openings for like front mount air coolers and like oil coolers and stuff where you otherwise wouldn't. That's why those body kits existed. Because if you ever looked at like a Celica or something from the 90s, mm-hmm. like those bumpers, you have an air dam and that's it. Yep. They needed to add other <laughs> openings. And that's why that happened. No way. Yeah. Weird. Um, now we're getting a resurgence of body kits. I think it's actually really cool because yeah. um, it's all, it's again coming from the grassroots of uh, time attack racing. Mm-hmm. In, I guess, which is not touring car, but it's well, coming just, from. Yeah, functional aero, but I mean, it kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, RWB, that came from trying to fit wider wheels onto a Porsche. And now it's just turned into this horrible thing. But I don't like those. I know. But all these things, they started out being something functional. It's just like anything. So I think on that bombshell that... I don't like RWBs. That Burger does not like Rowell Bagriff. I think Akira Nakai is an all right guy. Anyway, thank you for listening to Motor Cult. We will see you next week. Yeah, catch you guys Saturday. Bye.